0: Hello, and welcome to The Confident Commit, the podcast for anyone who wants to join the conversation on how to deliver software better and faster.
1: If you're looking
0: to build a dust and chip, tune in, let's confidently commit. Listening to episode 12 of season two, I'm your host, Rob Zuber, CTO of Circus CI, industry leader in all things CI and CD. And today I have with me Thomas Hazel, Founder and CTO of Chaos Search. Thomas, thanks for joining me. Great to be here, Rob. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm super excited. We, we almost had the episode without hitting record because we got into so many uh, interesting topics. So hopefully we can keep that going. Otherwise, we'll have to go dig that up and, and tack it on the end. Um, but to get started... Uh, I'd love to get, uh, you know, just have you give us a, a quick uh, overview of Chaos Search and the problem you're trying to solve because I think it exposes a bunch of really fascinating questions, at least for me, and sort of the evolution of, of software and systems. Uh, but give us that quick recap so that we can we can build from it.
1: Yeah, so Chaos Search uniquely goes after big data analytics. Uh, if you know me, uh, I love solving wonderfully hard computer science problems, hard tech problems, and I like to say, I like to crack codes to hopefully make things easier, simpler, and more cost effective. And so, what we've done is we transform cloud average storage like Amazon S3, uh, GCS from Google, et cetera, and we transform into an analytical database. So, you take all the benefits of the data lake, stream data in easy, simply, but we automate the process of indexing and ultimately providing access to it, whether it's search, Elastic API, SQL, uh, et cetera, ML use cases. So but we go after big data, big data scale, and you can think of uh, merging log analytic use cases, BI analytic, uh, predictive analytic, all-in-one service. But here's the key thing. It's your cloud storage. You own the data. We just unlock uh, that data, but again, at scale. So if you're dealing with a terabyte up in data per day, we're a perfect fit. Small data, small problems. Big data, big problems. Well, so
0: that's the fork that I think we're all kind of at, right? Like, I, I find that I still solve most of my most complex problems, you know, with Excel or something. Like, what's the small view of this that I can I can go actually reason about? And And the fork being, you know, do we manage and curate data in a way that makes it possible for us to reason about as humans? Or do we... I don't want to call, I kind of want to call it throw in the towel and accept that, you know, this data is coming in massive volumes and in volumes that we will never really be able to comprehend. And we're just going to hand over control to the robots, which is maybe a, a super <laughs> extreme way of expressing it. But, but I, I mean, does it feel like that moment you, you call out like big data versus small data? No one actually knows where the line is between those two things, right? We know that Excel sheets probably small and, you know, terabytes a day is probably big. but. You know, where's the line? Are we trying to manage it? Or are we sort of saying, you know what?
1: It's better if we just let it go and build tools to accept that eventuality. Yeah, Will said... uh Here's the thing for me is that if you're throwing data away, if you're using some kind of tool or service to curate or AI to determine what you care about, um, how often do you have security issues or things in the future that, oh, I wish I had access to that. And so my philosophy is, you know, uh, was here, maybe say it like this, you know, you go to the doctor and you say, Hey, doctor, my arm hurts. And, uh, the doctor says, uh, well, don't move your arm. Right. My viewpoint is, no, no, you fix the problem, right? I mean, so working around things is, is really the issue. So here at KS Search, I said, what's the problem? It's the computer science. It's the architecture. And so my viewpoint is you want access to all your data when you need it. And when you take the data out, you lose insights, you lose security insights. And so uh, my viewpoint is throwing data away going to land yourself into trouble. How many times I've talked to mm-hmm. people in IT where if they knew or if they had access to, or it's a week or a month to set up to get access to is a real problem. It has it a real risk to the organization. So my philosophy was well, let's crack some codes. Let's make that data accessible, easy at scale, cost effective. And so um, I don't know, don't shy away from the problem, run right at it and, mm-hmm. uh, and go for it. So I think that's totally valid. And
0: I think, you know, those examples are great ones, right? If I, if I had access to this data, you know, that we, we filtered out because, you know, storage costs or network transfer or whatever it might have been that said, you know what, this is too much. Uh, and certainly we've gotten past the like, you know, my relational database won't hold it perspective. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's great. I'm kind of interested in the name though and maybe I'm I'm overreading it you know we use chaos for chaos engineering and all these other things yeah. but yeah. but in terms of search it feels like you're implying that notion that like this is unmanageable at this point you know we're just throwing everything into giant buckets nobody knows what it is of course it's going to be chaotic like we've gotten past complex to this natural point of just it's it's out of control and there's no way we're getting it back. Is that what you were
1: striving at with the name
0: or am I totally over-reading? No, it? no,
1: you're, you're not reading into it at all. I mean, think about it. Data at scale is always chaotic. Accept it. You know, it's like fuzzy logic. Every, like Amazon, think of all the hardware that they have. It always will fail, right? Data at scale is chaotic. Uh, hardware at scale will fail. Ex- embrace those core principles. And then what would you do around it? And so for, for me was, you know, chaos was, okay, brace the chaos, right? Meaning that you need all this data. It's going to come in a variety of ways, unstructured, structured, semi-structured, and use that as a base principle to say, okay, if you accept that data is going to be complex, the three Vs, the four Vs, or whatever you want to call it, um, build a technology and architecture that embraces the chaos and mm-hmm. assumes that you can provide access to, whether it's search, SQL, and they'll use cases and do it in a way that is automated, that is simple, that's cost effective. So, you know, searching the chaos or a chaos search uh, is, you think about it, how many times, you know, there's so many great relational systems out there, but they all fall down because of the complexity of data ingestion, setting up the pipelines, changing schema, let alone scaling out. All those things are, oh, we won't do this, or we'll give up, or it's not worth it. My viewpoint is, it is worth it. But just have a really invert the idea of accept the chaos, accept those data streams and create a technology that can receive it. And ultimately, where you really care about is searching the analysis of what you're looking for or the aggregations of what you're trying to see of the observability, et cetera, et cetera.
0: So I love that notion of accepting. And you know, we've been spending this season talking about learning from failure. And a lot of that is like, we tried to do a thing and it didn't work right on a, on a personal level or a team level and accepting the case. Like it it feels like as a software engineering community society, I don't don't know what to call it. We've been trying for a long time to manage data complexity, right? We talk about data quality all the time and cleaning pipelines and, and things like that. And maybe some of the times that we fail, we fail because the problem is actually just really, really hard. And is this sort of a lesson in saying, we didn't fail because we tried the wrong thing, we failed because our whole framing was incorrect. Now, how do we take a different look at the problem and say, this isn't actually the failure, this is new information that says, this is the right way to go about it, like to be untamed, right? I guess for lack of a better expression, to let your data be chaotic,
1: Now we need to go build a system that's capable of of handling that? No, well said. So, you know, it's funny. Uh, I I would say I had this idea eight years ago, but really six years ago, I really went after it. And I saw all this data going to cloud storage, uh, object storage, because it was cost effective, secure, reliable, elastic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they would move it out of it to do the analysis. Mm They clean it, the ETL it, et cetera. And I said, well, what if you just leave it there? And they, everyone would say, well, you can't make backing store, cloud object storage, high performance, or you can't do this, you can't do search, you need Lucene, you can't do relation. need Parquet. And I said, well, what if you could crack that code? Um, shoot, you know, if you uh, do a Snowflake query uh, off a of cold S3, because they store everything, it, it's very slow. Now, when it's cached, it's fast. But I said, what if the first query was fast? And so, to me was, and you're alluding to this is, I think people just say it's impossible. And if you know me and you know my career, I say, what's the hardest problem? What's the impossible? But if you could do it, mm-hmm. everything changes. And when I was talking to the analysts, I guess maybe uh, in 2016, 17, I said, hey, I think we am going to transform cloud storage into a high-performance database. They said, you're crazy. That makes no sense. Why would you ever do mm-hmm. that? Well, now we see how important cloud storage is. I mean, we were the first movers in the space and we we're creating technology around it. Um, it's one of those things where... The obvious is so obvious until it's, you know, or it's not obvious until it is obvious. And, uh, you know, um, you know, the analogy I like to give is, uh, you know, an 18-wheeler is stuck underneath the overpass. And everyone's and like, how are we going to get this 18-wheeler out of this overpass? And then a little girl says, why don't you just take the air out of the tires? It, it was so simple, right? Yeah. I mean, but these are things that they're simple answers we have to believe that it's worth doing. And so at Chaos Search, we just say, okay, what's the best answer mm-hmm. and then go for it. So back to this chaos and trying and failure, shoot, um, failure is not trying. Failure is not trying to go after it. You know, obviously we have to deliver product. We have investors that wanna make revenue. So you have to always put it in a, in a, in a box of, uh, you know, you gotta do what's right for the business. At the same time, you know, Elon Musk, right, with SpaceX, they said high iteration, fail fast, and look at what they're doing so quickly because they said we're going to fail, we're going to fail fast. Where you know NASA originally said you know we're going to try to do studies and figure things out, and uh, there's some pros and cons to each side. But um, if you can fail fast and uh, move forward, and that's the approaches that I know I've taken in my startups. This is my sixth startup, so you know pushing the envelope, failing fast, learning. Because really you do figure out something quickly and the big companies, they're risk averse, right? Mm. You know, what's the risk of spending that time or that money to to crack those codes? You know, maybe not. Yeah, I I love the space analogy. So I'm going to go off into like total tangent now. We might never return. But
0: um, I think (laughs) it's such, it's inspiring to see the willingness to, we'll call it experiment, but like just know that, I don't, I don't have all the answers uh, on such a grand scale, right? Like I'm going to try to put a rocket off this pad and see if it could land back on the pad and how many are we going to blow up? Right. And he, yeah. I mean, with reference to NASA, there's a lot of really fascinating history, right. If you go back to the sixties and seventies and look right. at, you know, the Apollo program and stuff like that, where they did some pretty audacious things and, you know, people were signed up because they believed in the mission and they, they were willing to accept you know that that it wasn't always going to work but it was worth it to push something forward
1: and and that belief that belief i want to i jump in that belief is so key not only for yourself but for their teammates that you believe that it is possible mm-hmm. and so often it's, it's funny when you see it's possible everyone runs at it mm-hmm. right and then they all can figure it out but the belief that you could do it that to say we're going to put someone on the move by 1969, this massive rocket, this massive e- explosive rocket, um, and put humans on the moon. I mean, it's audacious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but someone believed it was possible,
0: right. right? Absolutely. And I, you know, you talked about constraints and saying, well, you know, we we don't have whatever. This can't be done. This is what limits us, or whatever. Um, and one of the examples of constraints that I I often use, and it's it's probably the Hollywoodized version of it, is the Apollo 13. Scrubber, right? Where it's basically like, you have these seven objects and you need to figure out how to fix this problem. Like, we're not putting someone else up there with the, you know, with the emergency kit or whatever. Like, we have what we have, right? We have S3, EC2, and whatever other tools, and we're going to build a fast database. Like, I I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but. I mean, in that particular example, it's additionally inspiring because no. it's like people are going to die <laughs> if we don't do it. In this case, like, you know, we believe in it. We're going to go pursue that mission. Here are the constraints. Go figure out
1: everything you can possibly figure out because there's probably a way to do this. No, it's well said. I mean, that moment where it, I would love to, to really be in the room, right? When that was happening. I'm estimated the leaders said this is urgent, but they calmed down. They slowed down time. Mm-hmm. They didn't add stress. They said, Hey, we have a problem. Let's work together. Everyone in this room is brilliant. We believe in you. Let's go mm-hmm. where, you know, sometimes you have leaders where they're like, you know, why is it not working or, you know, it's why is it not done now. And then all of a sudden that creativity, that mm-hmm. problem solving ability starts to you know shrink. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, to be able to be creative and insightful, it does create a community and environment um, of, of, of possible. And uh, I'm sure you worked at companies where, you know, it, it's stagnant. They're like, no, we can't do that. That's impossible. I love, as a, as a young uh, professional, as an engineer, when someone said it was impossible in my 20s, I went at it. I couldn't help myself to go see if it was possible because I like those that kind yeah, of challenges. Yeah. But what I have learned over the years that, Literally, nothing's impossible. Now, sometimes things take time. You have to find people that are willing to go for it. But, you know, when I turned on our engine and saw what we could do on cloud storage, pure cloud storage, again, everyone thought it was impossible. But the MASH said it should work if you tried. Mm. And uh, I think it was like, but Parquet can't do that. Lucene can't do that. Or Elastic can't do that. Or Snowflake hasn't done that yet or whatever it is sure, that's fair. They haven't chosen that path. But if you just do the math, it should work. When we put people in the moon, the math said it should work. Mm. Now there's high risk, mm. lots of dollars right. spent. Um, but what an amazing and brilliant people, right? Of all walks of life, uh, all teams, all talents put together this massive machine that is is uh, is inspiring. And that's why anyone who's going to space or transforming cloud storage into a high performance database, uh, you know, uh, it has to be a little bit crazy, but also engineering minded, right? Right.
0: Yeah. I, so many things to unpack in there. The thing that I want to take away and make sure everyone heard was you're all brilliant people. We believe in you like that under pressure leaders showing up saying, don't you understand how important this is? Why are you not working faster is the best way to slow everything down. and. Basically, prevent success versus like what do you need? Because I'm going to get out of your way and block everyone else from getting in your way, so that you can solve this really hard problem that you were equipped to solve and collaborate with the people around you freely to solve that problem. Um, I think is it's just so like it can't be missed. It can't be missed. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that everyone leaves with that. That point, and it, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not a leader, like demand that of your leaders. If you're listening to us and you are a leader, demand it of yourself. So I'm sure there's plenty of them, but I'm going to transition into the uh, into the red build rewind. Like, tell us a story. Tell me about a time that something you know you tried something and maybe it felt catastrophic in the moment. Although it seems like you're fairly familiar or fairly comfortable at this point with uh, you know things
1: not well, going to plan. Well, but let me, let me... yeah, let me not change the, the question because that's that's unfair, but you know, everything that I do feels like it could fail. Mm-hmm. I, I know uh, I've been pushing the envelope of multiple types of technology and architectures. And, you know, you ask people, investors, you know, to invest in you in these ideas. And there's always that moment right before you let's call it turn it on. What if it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I would say that the, I had never had like this, Oh, epic, failure moment where it's like you had this viewpoint because it's been a life journey of incremental changes and philosophy to get to the bigger and bigger idea. Now, I could be honest, if I said uh, I'm right out of school and I have this big idea with no experience, let's go for it. I think that might turn into an epic failure. But, you know, it was a slow progression into insights and through what to build, how to build it. Um, But it always feels the same to the question, it feels like what if this doesn't happen? And the money invested, uh, the time, people's lives, careers invested in an idea. I know for me, like the chaos scenario, now this is years ago, um, maybe like three or four years ago where I turned on the engine, the distributed engine on cloud average storage. And uh, I'm like, this better work. This better do what I thought it was gonna do. And it did, it was actually faster than I expected. It was on a weekend and I asked my wife, Hey, let's go for a walk down the Charles. And I turned to her, I said, I think I'm not gonna get in trouble. I think this is going to work. And, uh, but it's, it feels, it feels so risky mm. until it seems so obvious. And then now we take it for granted of what we're doing. But so I would say it's never been catastrophic, although it's felt up to that moment till it works mm. that, this could this could this could be dangerous. Um, I'm sure when they were putting you know the Apollo mission uh, to 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 the moon, I bet you they were all feeling stressed as hell, right? Uh, if it didn't work, I mean there were right there
0: were famous events that did not work. What, yeah, you know, it, amazing again, like taking that extreme that uh, that they kept going and more people were like, "Yep, strap me to that thing." Like I believe in this mission. We have to do this. <laughs> I uh, you know I I will just say they're they have a different mentality about certain things that I do. <laughs> I don't know. How to do. I mean, they're like test pilots. They flew around in jets that were likely to crash at any moment. I mean, it's a certain style of person for sure. But to your point, like it's it's them plus all of the engineers, you know, working in the back, all the people planning, the administration, the people negotiating with, with you know, with the government. Like it's it's so much happening because people have the space to do it. And because they have the belief from the people around them that they, that they can achieve it. I, I'm trying to d- digest more of that, like that moment before you turn it, I'm trying to think of a few of those, but that, that no, look, feeling, right. Is there anything
1: that you've developed to help you with that feeling? That's like, yes, yes, yes. I, so I, I've learned, I've learned a lot right now. I'm, I'm getting older in age, but, uh, actually gray heroes help people believe you more <laughs> often, uh, when you have, when you're older than when you're younger. Um, but it's, it's, it's time spent, right? Uh, I don't know if you ever read the book outliers where mm-hmm. it's the 10,000 hour person mm-hmm. becomes a great vinyl I do believe in that. I do believe experience and time education, all of it brings together uh, insights and, and beliefs and, and knowledge. And so to me, you, you really are so confident. Like, if you talk to the great physicists of the world, not that I talk to great physicists, but they knew it when they felt it. They said, ah, this was going to work. And when they get interviewed, did you question whether it was going to work or not? And they said, absolutely not. I was just waiting for everyone, everyone else to believe it was true. Like, uh, the double helix, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm sure Einstein, when he heard it, or heard, when he thought of those thoughts, he's like, this is it. Now he's got to convince everybody. Right. It's kind of like that, but you're also, Fearful. You're fearful, like going, like, what if I'm epically wrong? And shoot, Einstein was right and wrong multiple times, but his vision of getting there um, was was I think what what made it work right over time because he made some some uh some predictions that weren't right, right? Um and then then they then he made some changes and they were right. So to me, um how 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 much do you want to go out there, put your neck out there and say, I'm taking this risk. Cause Mm -hmm. you know, you get your head chopped up if, if it doesn't plan out. Right. Um, But I love being that, that, that space, that space where another, it's funny, you can find a crew of people that love being that space with you. And it is so enjoyable to work with really bright people that love to push it with you. And you learn faster when you're with a group of people. It's it's an amazing thing, particularly in those moments. Yeah.
0: Love it. Love it. And I, it, the analogies are fascinating to me because at, earlier when you were talking about heading down the path of chaos search, you know, your comment was the math works. And I feel like so much of our understanding of the universe has come from, well, the math works. So this has to be true, which is a really interesting, like, as someone who thinks a lot about physics, it's an interesting way to go about the world. And I feel like there's a little bit of that. um, in your background,
1: awesome. But you don't get the Nobel Prize. You don't get the Nobel Prize unless the experiment is proven true. Yeah. So you know we have to build the product right to, right. to make sure it actually
0: right, 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 <laughs> exactly. But it, it gives you that intuition that hey, I'm on a path here because the math is yeah. elegant, which yeah. is a fascinating thing I think about the yeah. universe that we live in. Awesome. Well, that got broad pretty quickly, but uh, we're gonna wrap it up there. Thank you so much, Thomas. This was a ton of fun. Uh, thanks for joining. It's awesome to have you. Everybody that's listening, thanks for listening today. Uh, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, you know, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast provider of choice. If you want to hear us talk about something, talk to someone in particular. Find us on Twitter at CircleCI. Thomas, awesome having you. Um, thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Rob, thank you. I enjoyed it.